0: It is January 21st in this year, 2022, living in the future, talking about Smackdown and Rampage, a rare live Rampage tonight on TNT. This is the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Alfred Kanawa and NYC Dima Diva, Issa. And here we are tonight, a week away from the Royal Rumble, a week with some news, some events, some happenings, some developments.
1: Have you guys been practicing your countdowns to make sure that you're ready for the Royal Rumble?
2: That's a good tip.
1: Yeah, you have to.
2: Yeah. I'm going to start doing that tonight. It'll take me about a week to get my countdown down. To right. Memorize right. the numbers That's... first. I need to memorize the numbers from 10 to 1. Uh, so okay. after I memorize those numbers, then I'll get the timing down.
1: Okay, perfect. Let me know how you do. I'll, I'll start tonight as well. Glenn, some... when are you Fine. starting?
0: Well, you know, I made the mistake one year of having the, the stopwatch on my phone going and just getting very angry how uh, they uh, judge the length of three minutes the way a psychiatrist judges an hour or a uh, lap dancer uh, judges a song. It's very loose interpretation.
1: <laughs> You're right about that. It's not very consistent, the time that goes between entrants. Absolutely.
0: Uh, and you think about that. You think about that in the champagne room as you think, I, I know I'm going to request November rain and then like 11 minutes, but no, like 90 seconds in, like, okay, time's up. They're just fading that out. It's a scam. I tell you Not that. I know such things I've heard on the streets. And Anyhow, in Vegas. that's like in the capital of the world. It's it's, is it right? Really? One of them I think it's out. one of them. I mean, well, shout out
2: the scores and uh mm. it was it sahara sahara's a lot of fun mm, well there you From go what i've well, heard post pandemic we'll see we'll see what happens <laughs> yeah. so uh we got some news to jump in we do have some news it would be so worth the covet though internally it looks like wwe is said to be disappointed with nxt 2.0 uh according to wrestle votes who never misses said internally WWE said to be disappointed with nxt 2.0 in its first four months source said that they thought more fans would gravitate toward the newer stars quicker than they have could it just be too much too soon either way i don't expect any changes to the concept wait for it just yet Andrew Zarian also chimed in, saying that NXT 2.0, they feel like maybe the abruptness of how everything was rushed out there is to blame. Uh, That's what some executives feel. NXT did 587,000 viewers this past week. That's down almost 10%. And in 18 to 49, a scary low number of 0.11. Down 21%. So... NXT 2.0 really hurt, and we have a lot of fun with NXT 2.0 on the show. I think it's because we have fun together, so it's easy for us to enjoy a lot of things. But at the same time, we are willing to admit, as Issa was talking about it, how she just kind of felt that it was not really delivering uh, the way it should. So what do you guys think about this news, starting with Issa?
1: Yeah, I was talking about it earlier on my on my YouTube channel about how I love what we do because, you know, obviously I enjoy wrestling and it never feels like a job. And there are some Tuesday nights where watching NXT feels like work, you know, and like you say, we come in here and we have a lot of fun. But I have been very open and vocal about the fact that I think they're trying to introduce us to too many characters at once. And I think that also they're not booking them to win. These 50-50 bookings make you just not become invested in any of them. So I do think they need to slow down, realize which characters they want to get invested on, and really put the time and effort into those characters.
0: And put the title on Tony D'Angelo. Yes. that's really the solution to all their ratings woes. Uh, You know, I was mentioning this online today. Again, I think the new NXT, if they realize they can basically do a half a million people just by airing anything, they outsource the TV production, They cut back every NXT contract to like 30 grand a year. And if you don't make it to the main roster in two years, you're out.
2: Out two years? Yeah. 30 grand a year for two years
0: but they were doing that before before finn balor came into nxt the starting pay for a performance center recruit was around 30k i think the female talents got a little bit more because i mean Mm -hmm. and i'm just saying this like it literally was stipulated look at the article i think it might have been four a couple years ago that broke this uh female talents got more because they uh had more makeup hair costs things like that um so yeah i mean you look at this If what they were doing before wasn't sustainable, and that's part of the reason why they made the change, you got to figure, Adam Cole, there were some guys in there that were probably making main roster money. If they can get this down to 20 men and 10 women at 30K a year each, outsource TV, this all of a sudden becomes insanely profitable for them. And they're able to get some revenue, which they were never able to really do with FCW or OVW, but it makes it attractive uh, on the balance sheet and it brings it back to pure developmental because I think the problem before that they may have realized was that with contracts coming up, it was going to be very expensive if they're going to have to essentially have NXT compete with AEW for contract renewals and that kind of money going forward that completely changes the equation for how much cash NXT is burning
2: yeah and this is really also a creative problem like let's just face vince and bruce were never going to be the answer i think once we started seeing the writing on the wall during nxt 1.0 and its dying days i don't think anybody was really excited at the prospects that nxt 2.0 was going to be better uh, i felt like making it more like the main roster and doing what they've done with showing so many people's stories that you just forget them i think that's a mistake and uh, I think that if they would have come to Triple H while he was running NXT 1.0, because, yeah, we have these fond memories of NXT 1.0, but I have a lot of criticisms as well, particularly it just got too indie for its own good. They were trying to out indie the best indie in the world, which is AEW. And yeah. they were doing this, and if they would have come to Triple H and said, listen, Triple H, we need you to make it more mainstream. We need you, and they gave him all these ideas. I think he would have done a better job at curating NXT uh, to a, a different era, but not necessarily running in the ground the way we're seeing it right now.
0: And if it hadn't been Wednesday, if they hadn't moved to Wednesday on TV, if they would have gone to Tuesday to start with, I think it would have helped. I think trying to go head-to-head was a big, big mistake.
2: Yes.
1: Okay. Agreed.
0: Uh, Carellos uh, saying, Glenn said it first, outsource NXT to Impact. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm I thought that's that, where you're going with it. No, I mean, I I'm not saying it's going to be Impact, but I'm saying it makes no sense for them to hire – Think of all that overhead they have to have. If you're spending a million dollars on your creative staff alone or more, I'm sure, I mean, you know, those contracts add up. I mean, you, you think Road Dogg and, you know, all the Triple H hires, you think those guys were making minimal salaries? They're probably making more than a lot of the talent is. So, I don't know. I think they've got to look at the finances of it. this to find a way to make it sustainable. Uh, not sustainable in the sense of they can't, they can afford it because WWE can afford anything. They could subsidize this till the end of the earth, but what I'm saying is Nick Khan, now that he's got his hand in things, it's about the dollars and cents and the shareholders, and that's a much different equation. King Rail, two dollars. They fired and let go talent. What did they expect of people not liking the change? Um, it's just isn't it weird when you think about pre AEW dynamite, how NXT was the darling of the internet wrestling community. And then AEW <laughs> out NXT, NXT.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they did. And and uh, to King's Rails point, I, I'm surprised that some of the talent they let go were in the middle of storylines, which that to me is mind-blowing because that makes you change your booking on the go. And, you know, we're seeing it now that there's a lot of people that they probably didn't have plans for and they're just winging it.
0: But there are some people on TV that, I'm sorry, von wagner brooks and dunn um there's quite a few performers on there i mean even to a sense like is la night really popping any ratings it's Grayson waller getting people to tune in week in and week out if i were them i would really re- rebuild the show around the talent that forget popping the audience because that audience is like almost supportive to a fault at times like they really need to do the research on who people want to watch on television. And remember that first and foremost, they're making a TV show.
2: Yeah. And I would like, if there was one thread throughout an entire show where it wasn't just one vignette after another, one segment after another, they really need to try to shake up their storytelling. And this is something that Vince is very familiar with, especially throughout the attitude era. This is how a lot of, Raws were formatted where there's one central storyline that takes you through the entire show and kind of resurfaces in uh, like three or four segments so that there's less to chew on in NXT.
0: And they messed up because they had a very natural massive faction storyline that they essentially blew off in war games. They could have had black and gold versus 2.0 and kept that going with having locker room size factions, giving every match those stakes Battling for the heart of soul and of NXT, and then essentially figuring out who from each era was getting over more, and then rebuilding the show around them. Instead, tonight we're getting TV promos for Gunter. Uh, who? You wouldn't I... know him; he's from Germany. Um, oh, okay. But, but do they think that's going to turn things around? I mean, I just don't. I just don't understand.
2: I don't. I don't get it, man. Well, uh, Warner Media, so WWE officials aren't the only ones who are upset because AEW officials are also upset. Warner Media officials are furious about WWE's comments from last week about AEW being gory self mutilation. Of course, Max Caster made a reference to that in a freestyle on Dynamite the other night. Warner Media officials uh, are saying that they saw WWE's quote as an attempt to. Uh, as an attempt at a personal attack against the company in an attempt to hurt their advertising sales. I think that personal attack thing is hilarious. This is I don't know what personal about it, but what do you guys feel about WWE's personal attack about AEW's blood and guts and uh, the ongoing back and forth, starting with you, Glenn? I mean, this is more
0: entertaining than yes. a lot of what we see on TV. It's fun to watch uh, billion-dollar corporations get their feelings hurt and fight with each other. <laughs> Right. I mean, look, the fact that Warner even cares and I don't know, just all this. I mean, we're, we're we have a good competition going. I think it speaks back to the idea that it's like, OK, how do we have this great competition going with all this fire and people dissecting and talking about this stuff? And WWE is not managing to capitalize on it, whereas AW, I think now that they're on TBS, their ratings are poised uh, for quite a pop. It's a weird time.
1: I think I think WWE knows what they're doing with those comments. They're gonna go mm-hmm. after the advertising. I mean that that's that's probably if I'm a billionaire, yeah, we'll see that as a as a personal attack because now you're hurting my pocket. If some if some people don't want to advertise during my show, I I get where they're coming from, but I mean I like it. I like the street fights. I like all that. But it's not for everyone. As long as they don't do it too often, I don't think AEW should just be worried about it because they're not in the same business as WWE is. They, they 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 themselves say, oh, we're here for professional wrestling, this and that, they're sports entertainment. So you're not going to get the same advertisement that WWE gets because they are kid-friendly where you go to an AEW show, you barely see any children there. And that's a fact. I've been to a lot and it's a whole different audience than a WWE audience. So they should not be bothered by those comments in my opinion.
0: Well and looking at the quality of advertisers, I feel like there are higher profile, more credible ads that I see during Dynamite and Rampage than I see uh during Raw and SmackDown. Now goes on SmackDown, I am watching it like uh through the Fox app. Tonight I got a Nissan Frontier ad served to me 20 times, many times back to back to back. Um but on Raw, I mean when you're doing stuff for like lowest common denominator, prepaid wireless, car insurance, anti-smoking ads. Like that's not the cream of the advertising crop. And, and no, I no, Glenn,
1: I think you're absolutely right. I think the cream of advertising is having a pizza ad while somebody's getting their forehead cut open yeah. with a pizza cutter. That is that's going all in for your advertising. <laughs> that
2: is, just and that's one instance that we saw where Domino's was not very happy with that Nick Gage match, not very happy with them being represented in that light, and it did hurt their advertising sales. And I think, you know, there's much being made about people bringing up receipts and, oh, what about the time, WWE? The fact is this is a very tactical maneuver. This is WWE realizing that one of the ways they do have an advantage over AEW is way more women watch WWE. They have a way bigger share of women than AEW does. And whenever AEW does this blood and gut stuff, it completely turns off women almost the second they did the brit baker thunder rosa matches that is iconic and i loved it and a lot of people loved it it turned off women the nick gage match women drove them away and wwe trust me they realized this and so they're just going to paint aew as even though yeah they don't do it all the time but if you paint aew as the blood and guts company Women are not going to want to watch it. And the ratings are not going to, you know, the advertisers are not going to be as prevalent. So they're specifically choosing this blood and guts thing, because this is not the first time Vince McMahon has said this. And AEW being smart asses and saying, we're going to do a blood and guts pay-per-view. It's playing right into what WWE wants you to do. They want you to brand yourself as a blood and guts company. So women can run for the hills.
0: But WWE also does really well with women because they spent 10 years cultivating a total DVD franchise, cultivating a female audience. I mean, AEW... It's gotten better, but it still ain't there.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and that's what AEW will need to do. Not you the WWE did not spend the last 10 years having women cut each other's faces open. They spent the 10 years with Total Divas, the Bella Army. The Bellas don't get nearly as much credit for really helping to be a big draw for women. And uh, as long as they have that advantage, they're going to try to keep it as wide as possible, I think.
0: No, it's true. Uh, Carellos... Um... Saying WWE should allow their talent to be able to work on the promotions. It lowers the price of the contracts. The talent can be spread out throughout. I think in NXT, telling you, if NXT's ratings don't turn around, I think they are going to really change how they do business. I'm not even just talking about them outsourcing. I think it's going to be a different ballgame if they can't figure out a way. You know, And yeah, if 500,000 people keep watching every week, they'll just give USA programming and they'll just do it at the rock bottom cost.
2: Yeah, right. So our final story, Mustafa Ali requested his release very publicly last week on Twitter, and it was recently reported that uh, Mustafa Ali will not be granted his release by WWE. He's got one year left on his contract and is not very happy with how he's been used. Of course, you can see it on TV, the whole retribution angle tanked, and they did this tag team with him and Mansoor that flamed out. And Mustafa Ali is so talented. I really recommend everybody follow him on Twitter because he's one of my Quickly becoming one of my favorite followers because he's been spending a lot of his free time working out new moves. He did this reverse sharpshooter that, I mean, if he did that in a live arena at a WWE event, people go crazy for it. And he's so talented and he knows he's talented, but he's just not getting those opportunities. Um, had a heated argument with Vince McMahon uh, that uh, about an angle that Vince wanted him to do that reportedly led to this uh, requesting the release. And now it looks like he's stuck in WWE for another year, Issa.
1: I really hope they don't make him sit this out. I I have this fear and I hope that's not what happens because we've seen them do that before. They did it to Neville. Um, Neville left in in somewhat of a non-happy situation and they just made him sit out for the remainder of his contract. Mustafa Ali is very, very talented, completely underutilized, and you don't even have to get your creative team. Mustafa Ali is talented enough that you said, okay, what do you want to do? Hear him out because we've seen him create these promo videos, like everything on his his Twitter he was doing during 205 Live. I know he could come up with a great storyline for his character. Uh, I just hope that it either works out or somebody just realizes that they are not meant for each other and just let him go because it's, it's just not, you're not using him. What, why not let him go? If that's what he wants, if you're realizing that he's talented, then prove it to him.
0: Yeah. Just got to craft that, that right tweet, Ali. Just got to send out that right tweet. Yeah. Yeah. You, get right Did you out see his
1: it. tweet today, the picture of the Joker burning the money, which yeah. gave me the impression that maybe they offer him more money, and he was like, That's not what uh, I'm after. That's that's what I got out of that.
0: Yeah,
2: that's awesome. Well, he needs to strategize. There's ways you can get yourself fired from WB now. So all he needs is just come up with something and uh see what happens. Yeah not that so. i'm recommending that i'm just you know i just want what's the sure. i want him to be happy and i know he'd be happy if he got released So okay maybe so
1: it. somebody so a, a random burger account is going to sliding in at least the M and did say exactly the tweet that he needs to cry yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: and he's totally yeah. that it's at totally not alfred That's
2: the <laughs> this <Yeah>. is dirty <laughs> carol
0: is, uh with the super testing they have plans for the saudi show Ali, maybe you could tweet some
2: thoughts on the Saudi show. That's what I'm saying, man. You know, as a Muslim man, you know what I'm saying? They'll get rid of you quick, you do that.
1: But, But if he does that, does that take back how proud he was that him and Mansoor were able to have a match? in Saudi Arabia at the last pay-per-view because he tweeted a lot about how proud he was of that
0: yeah he could babyface it though and talk about his love for the people but his criticisms for I'm mean, this is just me putting words in his mouth but his love for the people but his criticisms of the government WWE uh like kind of secondhandly endorsing some of their actions by doing business with them I don't know I'm just spitballing here Ace. I'm just no, spitballing on ideas
1: I get, it, I get it. I get it. Also, not at not Glenn Rubenstein is also going to slide. Uh, Twitter has
0: again. a has a account name limit. That's why we are not Yellow Jackets Buzz on Twitter. We're Yellow Jackets BZ. Uh, there, there's a length limit. Anyhow, uh, is that all for the news? That's your news, everybody. Oh, speaking of Yellow Jackets, you know, one of the Bollywood boys played the bartender at the high school reunion in the season finale. Really? I got to yeah. have to go yes. have to look at that. That's awesome.
1: Yes, I did know that. I did know that.
0: Yeah, I have to get him on for. I've also,
1: I've also rewatched that episode way too many times.
0: Way too yeah. many times. It's great. Make way it some, times. some animated. Also, yeah.
1: So Alfred, we're not going to talk about Bully Ray. I, I think you both owe me an apology. Just oh, we can talk about
2: up. that. Uh, let's bring it up real quick. Bully Ray had some comments saying that he thought John Moxley should have apologized to AEW fans. Uh, during his promo this past Wednesday on Dynamite, a lot of people are pissed off, including Paige, of course, Moxley's wife, Renee Paquette, tweeted that she didn't think that was a cool comment. Mc Foley was not in agreement. A lot of people coming for Bully Ray right now for uh, some very questionable comments about uh, John Moxley, who struggle with alcoholism and is coming back after three months and just had this really great, poignant promo about his demons. Uh, Bully Ray didn't think that was enough thought he should have apologized. Does that uh, piss you off, Issa?
1: slightly yes um I I feel like he started talking and he just kept digging himself deeper I don't know that that's where he was trying to go with that but that's where he ended because he made it sound like like first of all he said that if it was him in that situation he would have started the promo apologizing if he let them down and I'm sitting here thinking as a fan I don't think Max will let anybody down I think everybody feels very proud of him for just being open about his demons and his issues and going to take care of himself um you know, it's I didn't like the comment. I do think that he talked he kept talking himself out of it and just ended up making it worse. But the way that he made it sound, it just sounds like everybody that needs time off should apologize. So I'm assuming Kenny Omega needs to apologize when he comes back. You know, everybody that's taking time off needs to apologize, basically. <laughs>
0: Very, very weird. I think you can fantasy books and script a lot of things in professional wrestling, but you do not get to script somebody's uh explanations, reasons, and return for something that is so personal to them.
2: Yeah. You know? I it's thought like- Moxley was great. Hmm. It's
0: very strange. Very strange. Well, tonight, SmackDown live from Nashville. That's Music City. And uh well, we- SummerSlam. Oh yeah. Wait, really? Somerset's yeah, i might go out there. It sounds like it'll be fun.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to make it out there too. That should be a fun one.
0: Very interesting. Uh, so we really opened tonight with setting up the main event and setting up a story for the main event. Something so important for the main event. So many stakes for the main event. So many things that made perfect sense in the main event based on who won and who lost. And Alfred, do you think the ending of that main event was consistent with the story they were trying to tell?
2: I do not. (laughs) Um, I thought this was very, very, very poorly done and kind of deflating for a finish of a a match. The entire evening hinged on this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, but but if we're talking about just the opening segment, right, let's all pretend we haven't seen how it... We didn't let it play out. Okay. We're seeing just this first fifteen minutes of SmackDown. I thought they were solid. I like the celebration. I like the acknowledgement ceremony. The video package was great. We should all we should play that video package every week in honor of Roman Reigns. Then Seth Rollins interrupting and mentioning Mox on WWE yeah. television by the name Moxley, which I thought was, you know, brave of him. And then you have I personally popped when Kevin Owens came out and he said, I like him.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Kevin I screamed Owens.
1: It. <laughs> Yeah, Kevin Owens is such a gem because, you know, um, he kept saying nobody likes him. I thought Pat McAfee was excellent in this entire segment. Like, every time he interrupted, it was just to drop a gem. I, I like I that they put a stipulation behind it because they don't do that often enough. I wish they would have come true whether or not ended in a DQ, but I like the fact that they give you something to keep watching the show for.
0: So they set up tonight, based on who won the match, the main event between the Usos versus Rollins and Owens, that if Seth had lost, he was not going to get his title shot from Roman Reigns.
1: And Roman and- Reigns was going to go on a vacation to WrestleMania, so I would like to talk yes. to him about Puerto Rico. You're saying. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So that was one end of it, and the other end was that if the Usos lost, they were going to be barred from ringside, therefore making it a fully fair and even match without a chance of shenanigans. Right. So the ending of this show, like, just mind-bogglingly, like, just stupid Yes. in terms of... Why would Roman Reigns cause a DQ, yeah. thus ensuring that Rollins, one, gets his title shot and he cannot go visit you in Puerto Rico, Issa. Uh, and two, that the Usos are going to be barred from ring. This makes less than no sense.
1: Punch one of your cousins. Punch one of your cousins, bro. Then like, yeah. it, was, it was dumb. It was dumb. It was.
2: Why not just, just like, distract the referee? Why did he go straight for the referee in terms of getting this qualification? Why not just distract or try some elaborate scheme to turn the match around? This didn't make any sense.
1: Didn't this recently (laughs) happen to Seth Rollins? I'm sorry, Glenn. Didn't this happen to Seth Rollins in a storyline not too long ago where he couldn't get DQ'd and he got DQ'd? I know, I yeah. know, when I, to build know what I know. You know what I'm
2: talking about. Yeah, to get added yes. to the day one pay per view, they were doing that a couple weeks in a row.
1: Yes, and, and he, like, yeah, the Kevin Owens. When Kevin Owens got yeah. added, he made Seth Rollins attack him, so he won by DQ. Like, how many times are we going to do this in, in, in a, such a short period of
2: time? I hate but it. I hate did
0: it. I miss a backstage promo? Did somebody say to Roman, like, oh, good thing your cousins are going to beat him tonight. So, you know, you're not going to have to face him. And Roman's like, why do you think I'm afraid to facing him? I want to go on vacation. I'm like, I'm just saying it's a good thing you don't have to. And then he was like, I'll
2: show you. Like, they could have explained this. Yeah, you joke like that, but that's exactly what this needed. The fact that we went from that opening segment to this does feel like something got left out. Like, why the hell would Roman Reigns get himself disqualified, get his team disqualified based on what we've been told that is at stake for this match?
1: And he could have caused a DQ to the Usos and punched the one cousin that accepted the challenge because they did things like, he gave him the dirtiest look when the Uso... I'm sorry, I, I still can't tell them apart. But when the one also <laughs> accepted the challenge, he gave him like the dirtiest look, like, why are you accepting my challenges? You know, so the story was there. I like Glenn's version better, where he's just like, yeah. oh, you, you're too scared to face him. Regardless, when we got to the main event, he made zero sense what went down. and he, I didn't like it because like the only thing that you have going that looks good and strong is Roman, and you completely just didn't make him look like the smartest guy out there today.
0: And the main event was really good. That was a really good match. That I would have really liked to have seen a winner on that match. Um, and Rollins, if he's going to face Roman, who we all assume he's probably not beating, Rollins getting a decisive win would have helped his credibility going into that. It was just like very puzzling storytelling. Also, I had this—I had this thought, and I can't believe it's been like five years, right? that the Usos have been coming out to down since day one-ish. I always thought they meant it like day one-ish, like around day one, but do they mean it like in the nineties hip hop way, when it's really like shit reversed, like mm-hmm. down since day one shit, yeah. or do they mean down since like around day one?
2: It's double entendre. It's like a blackish, like the show Blackish. It's like oh, black I hadn't even SH, thought of that. And then also you know, on the spectrum of blackness, because they're wow. in the suburbs or whatnot. So it's both kind of playing with that word. That's a great question, Glenn. But that, yeah, it's, it's like a double entendre. And the fashion, bars,
0: the fashion, police with my day one. Uh, May your day one BH has always, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that has always stuck with me. God, I oh, miss those guys. Oh, I miss that. Like, why? Why did they get dropped? Like they. Yeah. They Could be saving NXT right now. I want to see the fashion police versus Tony D'Angelo <laughs> handicap great. match. Uh, Carlos, um, freaking fighters Owens and Seth Raw for tech team. Also, freaking if you're afraid that freaking sounds too much like fucking, freaking sounds way more like the F word than freaking does.
2: Yeah, the eek really sets it apart.
0: Yeah, freaking is, I think, very acceptable. Frickin'? Frick's like, I don't know. I would have gotten in trouble if I would have said frickin' as a kid. Like, that would have been like, oh, that's too close.
2: Yeah, writing it too far up there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, And then the question Do you think Rollins wins clean at the Rumble? Matthew Tech, Canadian $2.
2: Okay, I don't think he wins clean. I'm a little nervous. Actually, I'm pretty nervous he's going to win. And if he does, it'll be by outside interference. Because now Roman doesn't have outside interference. So that gives Seth Rollins the opportunity to maybe Kevin Owens comes in. Maybe Mox comes in. He got a couple of shout-outs tonight. What do you think about that? Maybe Mox comes in and saves Seth Rollins and we get a Shield reboot. But no, I do expect Alfred, Seth Rollins stop to get it. Outside Get, interference. It. get some started. help. Two Mox <laughs> references tonight. And they called him Mox. They didn't call him Dean Ambrose. They called him Mox twice. Given what's happening with Mickey
0: James and my new, started as joke now, conspiracy theory about them having a relationship with Impact, I think Braun Strowman comes back looking super jacked, interferes, and gets in another feud with uh, Roman.
2: Wow. That could be interesting. But I mean, no. isn't it early, too early to do that now? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if now would be the time to do that.
1: So, here, I know Alfred is sharing his bad feelings. What I have <laughs> a feeling is going to happen is that whether Roman or Brock, if one of them drops the title at the Rumble, that person is entering the Rumble and winning it.
2: Yeah. yeah,
1: 1,000%. The- <laughs> if you see a title change hands, whether it's Brock or Roman, then, then you already know who's going to win the Rumble.
2: If
0: Roman reigns wins the royal rumble say that five times fast please call me um, in
1: at 30 and troll again uh,
0: it's it such a disappointing and like when brock won it was you know I just, disappointing I just don't
1: pointing like... ending because i don't know people... for if roman reigns entered the rumbles and wins that's a happy ending for me glenn
0: roman should be in the main event of wrestlemania anyhow like, you don't, need to, uh, te- you don't need to give away that opportunity. It's like, why not have him win the Money in the Bank briefcase?
1: Oh, and give it to who, then? Johnny Knoxville? Please, then you might as well have Roman win. Johnny <laughs> yeah.
0: Knoxville is more over than almost everyone else on that roster.
2: That's what I'm saying, man. Listen, people want to call me crazy? I've been saying this for weeks now. You name me one person on television. If you're going into WWE programming clean and you don't watch the week-to-week storylines, you name me one person who's being pushed to win the Royal Rumble more than Johnny Knoxville. Who's cut a promo saying this I'm going to Ray win?
1: Mysterio. He's in the cover of the game. He pushed his son over the top rope. I got to tell you something, Alfred. I am one of the people calling you crazy. And then tonight, I opened the WWE shop, and the first face I see is Johnny Knoxville. And I'm like, yeah. damn it. Keep he's gonna, He's going to mess around and win the whole thing. Alfred is right. I'm going to have to him buy him a drink or something. <laughs>
2: This is like Glenn likes to say, like, you make these crazy predictions, you throw something against the wall and, you know, nobody will remember if you're wrong. But if you're right, you look like a genius. I'm starting to feel more and more like I might be made to look like a genius with this crazy prediction. This guy you, even made a,
1: you even made a YouTube channel, you, a YouTube video. You put this in I history did. just in case you're right.
2: <laughs> yes. Uh, YouTube YouTube Pro Wrestling Bits. I have a piece about all the reasons I think Johnny Moxville might mess around and win the Royal Rumble. Get ready it's- for the apocalypse, ladies and gentlemen it's not the worst idea <laughs> you're right he's over I mean that that opening riff of jackass is so iconic and it's such a perfect pro wrestling theme because you know pro, the best themes have that opening thing that gets you into it and that Aaron uh, uh, that banjo everybody popped for that in Nashville
0: uh Royos saying and I feel like I pronounce his name different every time I apologize I'm tired uh saying Damian Priest for Royal Rumble winner he drops the U.S. title
1: no Criollos is how I like to call him. What's going to happen is Damien Priest is going to win the Rumble, win a second belt, and he's going to defend one as Damien and the other one as Priest. You know, one as a baby face, one as a heel. That's my theory for Damien Priest. If Alfred wants to make crazy theories, it's my (laughs) turn now.
0: You see, you should get to pronounce every name. I say I always just feel so Anglo. like the other day when we we're talking to Alexa Barajas, and you like I just I can't hit it as hard because it reminds me of like when Obama would always say like Nicaragua and he would really lean into it, you know? Nicaragua, yeah. yeah. And it was just like I just feels like like I'm putting on when an You're aspect.
1: you're asking the person whose English is a second language to pronounce I'll things see. in the podcast. You are tired, <laughs> buddy.
0: No, see, I think that's great. I think that's, I want to go. I just want. I just want everyone to know. I want to go full bore with it, but I feel like it, it just. It, I don't. I'm not quite comfortable with. It. I don't feel it comes across correctly. You
1: Did know? you know that I learned how to curse in English because of Marshall Mathers Eminem? Yeah, and listening that to awesome. his amazing music.
2: My favorite rapper, Eminem.
0: That uh, Super Bowl, he steals the show in that. Super oh yeah, Bowl that trailer
2: is amazing. I can't wait. Yeah,
0: he's so good in that. Um. <laughs> So, because I refuse to acknowledge that this character in these segments exists, I'm just going to say that Kofi Kingston tonight was joined by Biggie.
2: Yeah.
0: And uh, Kofi beat Mad Cat Moss.
1: Can okay, we talk about, I'm sorry, Alfred, but can we talk no. about Michael Cole trying to justify why were there so many people from Raw on SmackDown tonight? Like, like Michael Cole, it's Friday, we're drinking. You don't have to try to justify <laughs> that. You guys don't know what the hell you're doing out there. Like, we get it. It's okay, buddy. <laughs> because apparently, <laughs> Royal Rumble sees another allowed on a different brand. Yeah. What? What are the <laughs> rules? Somebody needs to write the rules for when people are allowed on each other's shows.
0: I think that we need someone to come out and promo and say the the rules are there are no rules, which we <laughs> don't hear enough. Of it. Growing up, we used to hear that a lot. We
2: don't hear that so much anymore. Well, I mean, they do have a built-in excuse for that quarterly brand, brand invitational. They could have just said that. <laughs> That's worse. That's actually worse.
1: <laughs> I forgot about that, Alfred. Thanks.
0: <laughs>
2: Wildcard rule. That was another one
1: yeah I mean, are we are we like concerned for biggie i f- did, did you know okay i've got flashbacks of when kofi dropped the title and he just went right back to the new day and mm-hmm. nobody really cared about the fact that he was a former wwe champion when i saw him walk out with kofi today i felt that like okay we're just gonna be the happy new day again and we're gonna forget that you just had a title reign.
2: That's, I mean, if there's a term for it. I call it being Kofi'd. Like, Big E is being Kofi'd, just like Bianca Belair got Kofi'd, just like Kofi Kingston got Kofi'd. It's funny how it always seems to happen to one type of person, but I'm keeping a very close watch on Big E, and I, I want to see him back in that world title picture sooner rather than later. He should be, at minimum, Final Four Royal Rumble. Can we not
0: turn it into a verb? Like I know it
2: sucks. It does. Do you, do
1: you think that Bobby Lashley beats Brock?
2: He might. I really like your, what you said about the loser winning the Royal Rumble one I would much rather have the scenario of Bobby Lashley beating Big E and then Brock... I mean, Bobby Lashley beating Brock Lesnar and then Brock Lesnar winning the Royal Rumble. It's been a long time yeah, since Brock won the Royal Rumble. That, yeah,
1: because then that... Yeah, and that puts you back on the route that you were originally with before yes. you took this weird detour at day one, which is Roman and Brock again. Yes. Because I would assume that Brock would go right back to Roman. He's still going to call out Bobby Lashley. Um, so... I I don't want Brock to lose. You know how much I love Brock Lesnar, but I feel like that will make more sense than Roman dropping the Universal title.
2: Me too. I would have no problem with that. And I'm very much looking forward to Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. (laughs) See, WWE does this better than anybody in the world in terms of making these video packages. Even though the video package on Monday.
1: Yes, Monday's
2: video package was out of this world. It was. WrestleMania caliber good between Brock it and Bobby Lashley. It was the Ashley. best
1: thing on the whole show. I was telling yes. people, like, go watch the freaking video package. Like, And maybe it's because I've been waiting for this match for, what, 20 years? Like Bobby Lashley said. Like, this is a match I've been wanting to see for a long time. And I feel like they are finally taking into consideration that there's a lot of people wanting to see this match. And they did such an excellent job at hyping it up. I know we never yes. talk Raw, and we're lucky that we don't have to watch it. But I love that video package.
2: Absolutely, a very
0: amazing. Movie. Uh, Carus saying wild card riddle
2: wins the Royal Rumble, bro. Uh, that'd be interesting. I don't know if that's happening. That's uh, and then thinking.
1: he calls out and then he calls out Brock Lesnar.
2: Long term
0: booking, <laughs> get
2: that backstage storyline in front of the camera.
0: It could happen, it could happen. Really, Riddle and Goldberg. That should be Goldberg's last contracted match.
2: (laughs) I like to see that, too. Uh,
0: Yeah. I don't think Goldberg's a fan of the idea, but... (laughs) Could be good. Uh, Aaliyah versus Natalia tonight, with Aaliyah winning by DQ.
1: Yeah.
0: Then, Zia the Protector, comes out, and um, the overlay graphics don't look quite as cool when they're not... Perfectly synced up to the hand movements. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little awkward
1: Excellent observation, Glenn.
0: Because the first time it was one of the best. It was one of the high points of SmackDown all last year. Tonight it was a little like,
2: ooh, okay, this is just a little, a little to the left, just, just a little yeah. off. And the, where the hell has she been since? This, this very sporadic usage, protecting, going you know,
0: kind of to yeah. protecting,
2: vigilante shit. Yeah. <laughs>
1: definitely definitely there's you don't, potential you don't there is there? Didn't, didn't <laughs> is there <laughs> is there alfred no i i do, do think you think so, okay exactly. let me ask you no 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 let me ask you something is alia related to the landlord <laughs>
0: <laughs> i thought she was on alia's side tonight i thought she was coming out yes, to she protect is. her <laughs> maybe natalia maybe the hart family had some real estate holdings
2: <laughs> they don't have um. they don't have that detail did any of them ever
1: wrestle in like yeah you're right you're right but I'm just saying somebody we need to get back to this landlord storyline that's I us. like that <laughs> oh fuck um, so I know <laughs> I know that was gonna pop good when I brought like, that back <laughs> up
0: <laughs> and this this was okay I like seeing Biggie and Kofi and then we went to oh Few of the year so far. I know the year's young, but few of the year's lost. Lotharios versus the Viking Raiders. I mean, oh man, come on!
2: One of these four men might win the Royal Rumble.
1: No, please stop. <laughs> stop. Your is... picks for Royal Rumble. I cannot wait to do <laughs> our
2: predictions
1: next Friday because I don't know what you're going to throw out there.
0: <laughs> okay,
2: yeah,
0: <laughs> we'll have fun with that. Is anyone in the chat? Is anyone in the world? A fan of Los Lotharios in English, that's uh, the Lotharios. uh, or the Viking. Wow, Raiders. what a translation! <laughs> I just There's think God. it's very important to, to let people know what it means. Uh, or the Viking Raiders. Like, does anyone tune into this show? Better yet, does anyone tune the show and be like, Mad Cat Moss is my dude, and uh, he just I bust a gut every time <laughs> listening to him. Like, I think here's here's my take. On, on professional wrestling. You know, every comic book that somebody's, somebody buys is somebody's first comic oh, book God. <laughs> that they're buying. Every episode of Raw or SmackDown is somebody's first exposure to watching wrestling. In fact, when you're flipping channels, you might even say that this match tonight was somebody's first wrestling match that they ever saw. And I think it's important to just look at, like, what's what's the appeal? What are we seeing? Because in the Attitude Era i loved scotty too hottie and albert yeah. they were probably my favorite act on the show granted it was for like a week but the worm was over man
2: yeah you very know strong the new age
0: outlaws too and that's what i'm saying you need to look at everyone on your roster and just say is this somebody's favorite act is this is somebody tuning in for this is this somebody's top three like oh my god if i don't see the viking raiders tonight well then why even bother watching smackdown
1: and this yes. is not and their an, an, this is Maybe,
0: okay, so maybe. Okay, and this is not an indictment, by the way, against Madcap Moss or the Viking Raiders or Los Lotharios. This isn't their fault. They are talented performers. They are gifted athletes in the ring. They've spent a lot of time working on their craft, on their physique, on their technique. But creative has not met them halfway. Across the sky, as Kenny Loggins would sing. They have not come to give them something to enhance what they've done for themselves. And on, on behalf of, like, all of the professional wrestling community, I want to apologize to these performers for the shortcomings that WWE has had in providing them with worthwhile, meaningful moments on
2: television. That was beautiful. It really was, because, I mean, these are very talented individuals, Viking Raiders, particularly outside of WWE as War Machine. I mean, even when they went to NXT, uh, they were very, very over, and they did a great job showcasing these two very athletic big men. And then Los Lotharios, particularly Angel Garza, when he was NXT, he was amazing, where he had the gimmick where he ripped his pants off, and he was such a good heel, had an incredible match with Leo Rush when they were in NXT, and they really made the most of him. And now, yeah, it's just a morass and the way creative treats them. Uh, really unfortunate. And he was hanging with The Bachelorette for a while? Yeah. Yeah, they were doing something with him early on in the roster. Those were the pandemic days, I remember that.
1: She was never The Bachelorette. She was just part of the cast of The Bachelor.
0: Oh, really? Not even The Bachelorette. We couldn't even get the title character from an <laughs> installment of The Bachelor franchise. We had to get a contestant from The Bachelor. Not as impressive. Wow. And and, and Issa, what did you say when, I first, when we first started talking? What, what do you call... Uh, uh, oh they're
1: menudo, rejects. menudo <laughs> rejects both of them both of them
0: <laughs> couldn't even get in like the ninety early nineties era menudo uh, couldn't, uh, even uh, in, uh, couldn't even get couldn't even get an m d o when they did the name change
1: nope m d o oh my <laughs> god please don't talk about it no <laughs>
0: That was some Vince McMahon shit that the manager of Minuto sold the rights to the name Minuto and then just announced to the fans and got a new group and said, now we're known as MDO. And to the people that bought the rights, have fun with the name Minuto. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, Kai Royos uh, saying, I would prefer Lashley loses to Brock, then enters Royal Rumble and wins it, then goes against Roman. What a dream match.
1: We've seen it. We've seen it. And I remember Bobby Lashley and Roman Reigns had a great match that Lashley won.
0: Yeah. Stellar Justin Lopez, 499, finished binging, o- binging Ozark at 8.30, Glenn. Instead of turning to SmackDown, I just said, F- let me rewatch certain episodes again. Wow. I hear good things about Ozark. I hear if you like Succession, you'll like Ozark.
1: Oh, um, have you watched Yellow Jacket, Stellar Justin Lopez? Come on.
0: Just, Justin has. Justin's uh, part of the hive on Twitter. Oh,
1: he, didn't, he told me he didn't like Misty, which I was like, <gasps> Wow. Wow. I know, How
0: dare
1: I know. you, Justin? Oh, I know. Wow. I'm sorry. Exposed. Totally exposed. Teller Justin Lopez right here, right now.
0: Ozark is a show for people that thought Breaking Bad was too upbeat. Oh, really? Yeah. That dark. Oh, great. Huh? Then I might yeah. like it.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's yeah. It's very good, but it is a dark show. Uh, I don't even know what uh, Monkey Armada is saying, but Islands in the Stream. Yes. I just agree with that. You know, for the longest time as a child, I thought – Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers were married. Oh, really? Oh, I could see that. That was my head cannon, you know. Just what I, just what I grew up believing, and I make no apologies. for I that. thought Sonny and Cher are brother and sister. That's a more interesting <laughs> take. I like that. I like that. So, oh, we saw Summer Rae tonight. That was yeah, nice to see her on TV.
1: Remember when she slapped Natty on Total Divas? Yeah, that
2: was so fake.
1: That was such a classic moment.
0: <laughs> and we had a WWE Hall of Famer in the audience tonight.
1: Cool.
2: You're Kid, Rock. A Kid oh, okay. Rock. Kid <laughs> Rock. What an opening. <laughs> fresh, <laughs> off his
0: Kid Ro- fresh off his Kid Rock parody video that he released like six weeks ago. Um, <laughs> uh, man, like he... Was he ever cool? Like, I was into Devil Without a Cause. I liked his early
2: hip-hop stuff. He yeah. was. He, I mean, people act like him and Limp Biscuit weren't. They, like, for the yeah, It's so dumb. Let know. me tell you something. When they were on and in their primes in, what was it, early 2000s? They yes. were, like,
1: some of the hottest
2: things in music.
1: I love Kid Rock's um, Cowboy. Only yeah. God knows why. He got so deep in that song. Come on. Give them man. I mean, after that, he wasn't all that cool. But Devil Without a Cause, you know you have a couple of those songs on your playlist i do
2: in- L- lip biscuits break stuff one of the greatest workout yes. songs of all time <laughs> I,
0: agree. I concur like it it's just it's it's art but no and rest in peace to joe c uh speaking of kid rock uh but yeah it was he was in the audience tonight they didn't do a segment with him he was just there just hanging out in nashville
2: yeah that was weird they showed him and i'm like okay so they're doing something with Chris- kid rock nope he's just chilling yeah Um, so before I ever heard the Kid
0: Rock Cheryl Crow duet picture, I had a friend who described the song to me in detail, described the plot of the song picture to me. And then she like gave me the twist at the end, like, you know, (laughs) like then at the end, they look at the picture and they decide to get back together. But she like described it beat by beat. Like this was the most moving story she had heard in ages and just needed to tell me about it. Well, because the of the song. music
1: video. Back then, music videos were cool, you know?
0: Yeah. Yes. Uh, so the Viking Raiders won that match. Then Charlotte Flair versus Naomi, but what didn't you know? it Sonya DeVille found a way to uh pull some shenanigans acting as the ref during the match. Naomi would have won.
1: You know how you refuse to cover the Mad Cat Moss segments? I'm getting to that point with these.
2: You know what? okay my take on this i'm done with this storyline i do not want to talk about this until they do whatever until naomi gets her win because this is ridiculous they've really lost the plot with this naomi has been made to look like a fool this is exactly what we were talking about what just happened anyway that's why i was so disappointed that they booked naomi to be all happy she was getting this rematch as if you didn't think fool me once fool me twice what about fool me 27 times naomi like This is horrible what they're doing. They had something going early in the storyline where they really could have leaned into the racial overtones of the storyline they were doing. But now it's just completely gone. And uh, I just I don't I have no words for this storyline. I have no more words for this feud. And it's a repeat.
1: They did the same thing with Shayna Baszler, where she made her face, Shayna Baszler, and then she was the referee. Like, what are we doing here?
0: So here's my question. Are they doing this match next Friday so Naomi can be in the Rumble on Saturday?
2: I mean, that should have been – if they were telling a story, the stakes should have been if you beat Sonya Deville or beat somebody, you get in the Rumble, and then Sonya screws her out of the Rumble or whatever. But I don't know why they're doing this match. WWE is not explaining that, and they're just – It's just very unrealistic. Let me tell you something right now. Not to speak for all black women. 99% of the black women in my life would have been quit. So to see this, just I already know this is fake. They've got black women writers in WWE who might be rolling their eyes about what's going on over here. They really need to kind of amp up the storytelling here because I don't like it. I liked it at first. You remember how excited I was early on when they were doing the Karen thing, but now it's just another dumb WWE storyline.
1: Yeah, and I personally see them doing this on Friday. I feel like the Royal Rumble, if you want to give Seth and Roman and Brock and Lashley some time with the Rumbles and you have Becky match as well, you already got a couple of too many matches there. You don't want it to be too long because these Rumble matches go on for a while.
0: They do. I don't know. To me, this should be a big pay-per-view match. But are they going to do some shenanigans Friday to move it to Saturday? And then maybe they're both in the rumble together, and then they delay the inevitable. But like I said, I want two hours. I want two hours of Naomi just going like not just in the ring, just verbally. <laughs> like we get a Naomi, roast segment. We get yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, they bring in Steve Carell as Michael Scott to give Sony Deville some sensitivity training, perhaps.
2: There's a lot they could do with this. Well, I think it NBC, do it. NBC Universal tie-in. You think NBC Universal would work with uh, Fox to produce Michael Scott? I don't know. These two networks don't really like each other. Hey, if it's on Peacock, you know, it's <laughs> be a special.
0: No, um, I yeah, I don't want to say I'm overcaring about this because I'm ride or die for Naomi, and I want to see her come out of this and get some momentum into something truly worthy of her talent. But man, they're making it. They're making it hard. Yes. Like, this did not need to be a Lord of the Rings-length saga to get to this point. It's been a bit much. Uh, So, after that, where clearly Naomi should have won, but she didn't even tap, and then Sonya called it for Charlotte... Uh, we saw backstage, though, Sonya would set up the match, and we saw Adam Pierce and Eric Bischoff, host of the popular podcast 82 Weeks, according to Pat McAfee. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically, yeah. say, like, I don't know what your problem is with her, but next, you know, we're going to talk to the management and settle this. This makes Adam Pierce look like a dipshit when he's yeah. like, I don't know what your problem is with her, you know? Yeah.
1: yeah. And, and they're supposed to be authority figures. Yeah
2: very weird segment and again we're just back on the rabbit hole where it's another match just suspend her if she's to, if she's been abusing her powers for seven months Suspend her or something why, why, why are exactly. you going to trust her to not weasel her way out of this situation everybody probably except for Sonya Deville everybody in the storyline looks like an idiot everybody mm-hmm. yes yes
0: um Sonya should get demoted and have to like work in catering or something and then, like, Naomi should file a lawsuit, and they should, like, garnish her wages. Like, there's a lot of places this story could go, and they're they're just keeping it in, like, first gear for the better part of my 40s. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Feels that way. Uh, it does feel that way. Um, Seth and Kevin. So did I miss something on Raw that the, these two are buds now, or was this a new yeah,
1: development best friends? Tonight? Yeah,
2: best they're pretty friends. much a staple now. I mean, they've been... I thought this thing was going to blow up at day one, but clearly they're going to... I think they're going to probably be WrestleMania opponents.
1: Oh, okay. Or tag team partners.
2: Possibly, yeah.
1: I just can't wait for the turn. I can't wait for the turn. As soon as Kevin Owens Cole said, my best friend, I was like, oh, I cannot wait for the turn. I got Jericho and KO flashbacks right away.
0: (laughs) Okay, so this tonight, props to the Sami Zayn segment. Yes, of insane, but this was like holy shit. This was kind of a deep cut. Like, I mean, this history tonight, they didn't go into all the details, but it is absolutely true. Before Jackass even existed, Johnny Knoxville did a video where I believe he pepper sprayed himself, he uh used a taser, and I think he wore a bulletproof vest and like shot himself with like a nine or something. Um, and he did this for Big Brother magazine pre-Jackass and that videotape becoming early viral like in the late 90s is what helped start Jackass. They did show the segment I believe on the first episode of Jackass Mm -hmm. or a recreation of it so for Sami Zayn to come out tonight and be like I'm gonna do what made Johnny Knoxville famous there was more reverence to the history and continuity of Jackass tonight than WWE has given to their own programming (laughs) on any given week.
1: I mean, if he's going to win the Rumble, we need to be familiar with who our Royal Rumble winner
2: is. you got to tell the story. you got to build these characters. They're giving him a good push. He got a nice pop. He got that sequence. He got to throw him over the top ropes. Keep playing. You keep playing with Johnny Knoxville. This man's winning the Royal Rumble. This was
0: great yeah. tonight. This was absolutely was. great. And um, yeah, so Johnny Knoxville coming out and making it that Sammy hadn't gimmicked everything, but he didn't turn it on and then actually using the cattle prod on him. Uh, good turn of events. Talk. <laughs> Sammy, said, I was afraid when they made the comment of like, oh, my God, did he like poop his pants? I was like, oh, please don't go there. <laughs> um, but Sammy, Sammy making the noises like uh, the woman who slipped in the grape stomping segment. Like, Sammy, like, was sounding like a soul was coming out of his body. That's how much pain he was in. And then getting tossed over the top rope. I'm um, just going to put this out there. I won't, like, I Johnny Knoxville is not my pick to win the Rumble, but I will not be upset if that happens. And I will certainly not be upset if Johnny gets a one on one match versus Sammy Zane at WrestleMania.
2: I don't know if I'm going to be on the Royal Rumble podcast, but if Johnny Knoxville wins, I'm going to be on the podcast. <laughs> Whether or not I'm scheduled, I'm going to be on that podcast. And let me ask you guys something. Let me just. Here's another case for Johnny Knoxville winning. Do you think that Vince McMahon has decided who's going to win the Royal Rumble? No. Like eight no. days out. No, no. He's and even if he has or thinks he has, this man is notorious for changing his mind at the last minute. We're one week out for the Royal Rumble. Who's to say that he's not watching that segment? Like, damn, look at that reaction for Johnny Knoxville, and yeah. this is like—we're in the senile era of Vince McMahon. This could be, era. <laughs> This could set the stage for Vince McMahon putting the more Rumble on Johnny Knoxville. Think to the point.
0: Not no, that we're I'm, laughing at senility or dementia, no, but not know no, no. But is, is, that is
2: what it, we are in. Right Vince
0: now. is in that Logan Roy stage of like maybe not
2: entirely playing right. with
0: his full mental faculties.
2: Still wily. Like the thing about the gory mutilation, I think is a very wily tactic at going after AEW, just creatively. It's 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 ridiculous. Then you get like a senile.
1: <laughs> I think, I think that Buddy comes back and eliminates Johnny Knoxville because he is the greatest celebrity guest they ever had. So oh, he's not going to let Knoxville steal his, his thunder. <laughs>
0: We shall see. This was a good segment, though, and then followed by Shane versus Ricochet, and Ridge Holland is back. Alfred,
2: are you excited? I could not wait. I I didn't know what to do with myself in my life when Ridge Holland was gone, and now that he's back and his nose is healed, my life is back to being great. No, I'm not excited.
0: (laughs)
1: Why aren't we doing more? with You say poor Ricochet. I say poor Sheamus. Like him having these matches with Ricochet every week where he could be a contender for Shinsuke or Roman, but you just have stuck in this weird storyline that nobody cares about. Fighting over a nose. Stop. Sheamus, <laughs> could- Sheamus could totally be having amazing matches with your Intercontinental Champion right now who's backstage just hanging out with the title still around his waist that he has not defended. I'm just saying, do more with Seamus, do more with Ricochet, and welcome back. Yeah. What's his name again? I'm
2: <laughs> you know what? You're kidding. I was writing, uh, the, doing the write up for this, and I literally forgot his name. I know they said it, but I was trying to remember it, and I had to go back and Google broken nose Ricochet. And I was like, oh, that's right. Rich Holland, that's the guy's name.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we had a lot of, who is that tonight? Huh?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We did there was some good stuff on the show tonight that's the crazy thing i think that the lower points just kind of flew by i mean whatever but then this ending this main event kevin owens seth rollins versus the usos they got plenty of time they put on a great match there were great stakes in the match even though you know rollins is facing reigns or else you got no royal rumble uh, SmackDown championship match, great stakes, credible story. And then Roman is just like, I'm going to come in and like take a swing at Seth and cause it DQ, which means that I'm going to decision. Not only is the match definitely happening and I have to defend my championship, but the Usos are barred from ringside. This makes zero sense.
1: <laughs> zero sense. But if we divide it in, in order, the match up until a certain point, was insane good. It was I was match. enjoying I was mm-hmm. enjoying it. And there was moments in which I thought either one of these teams could win clean and I would be happy with the result because they were just leaving it all out there. I didn't think the ending makes sense. I didn't think you did Roman any favors with this ending. I wish they would have done what Glenn said and called him out for being scared to face Rollins and that's why he did it. Because you just... Work so hard to make Roman larger than life, and it just takes stupid little mistakes like this to just kind of like start devaluing him as a champion a little bit.
2: Yeah, completely agreed. Loved the main event, hated the finish, and I think it <laughs> left a sour taste in my mouth about this whole show after that. Yeah, and especially because as we're talking about this,
0: it would have been so simple to make Roman's downfall his ego. And yeah. saying, like, well, I have to have this match, or people are gonna think that I'm coasting. You know, they could have been like, Look what's happening over on Raw. They're not talking about taking skipping a pay-per-view and taking time off. Like, oh, I guess you're, you know, must must be really easy being the tribal chief. Yeah. You know, right. they could have done anything to get inside his head, and instead we just kind of got, Nope, Roman interferes.
2: Yeah. And that would have been so complex. That's all it would have taken is an extra 15-second segment, just like you're saying, would have been such a complex nuance to this story. Like, wow, this guy is such a Simone badass. He doesn't even want people thinking that he's late. He's had that title for 500 days, just celebrating his record-setting reign. He doesn't even want people thinking that he's slipping. So he's going to come in there, and he's going to disqualify his cousins just so he can show everybody who's still the tribal chief. It's- I would love that story. Kind of like the end of 3 O'Clock High. Have you seen 3 O'Clock High?
0: No. Actually, it sounds familiar. Who's in it? Casey Shamosko and uh, Richard Tyson. It's about like a bully new school editor of the paper, like talks to him, screws up. The kid has a rap and says three o'clock. You and me in the parking lot. We're going to fight the entire movie is this kid's day. While it's building oh, up to the fight, people are taking oh, I think I've seen it. I Definitely I've seen, seen that. One yeah, of the yeah, best 80s movie. ADC movies. So at the end, Jerry Mitchell like says, you know, don't beat me up. I'm gonna pay you off. Don't yeah. beat me up. And the bully is then like, can't believe you're such a coward. Like, you didn't even make an effort, you didn't even make an opportunity. Someone could have given Roman like a little bit of a spiel like that. Well, like <laughs> Well, the Usos are clearly going to whoop their ass tonight. Like, but I can't believe you're just going to coast, man. You know, we're going to be like, screw that. I'm fighting. You know, it could have been sort of that once he realized he didn't
2: have to do it, then he realized he had to do it. Now that I think about it, yeah. Fist Fight based on that movie? The movie Fist Fight was absolutely was based on that movie. It was like, yeah, I really borrowed from that,
0: right? Heavily borrowed from that. Yeah. Also, a very surprisingly enjoyable movie. Yeah, I
2: liked it.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, remember when um, Adam Pierce picked Rollins was because Roman is so confident that he said, Pick whoever, I don't care. So you could have played on that as well, where it's just like, Oh, I, you said pick whoever, I picked someone, and now you don't want to fight them. Like, there were so many ways we could have gone about this. And also, what I mentioned earlier, the fact that you recently did the exact same finish. You know, to add somebody to a match or for this for a similar stipulation, it's just like these DQs are just happening too often and, and make no sense to a story.
0: Solo Sokoa could have showed up and interfered, and there said, so there's no bloodline without me. You know, <laughs>
2: yeah, we're maybe a few months
0: away from that, but you know, anything. <laughs> anything else would have made sense. Nobody else had a score to settle. Nobody had a reason to interfere like and it's you know what it's it's worse. It's worse that they did this after a really great match.
1: Yeah, I agree. Also, Seth Rollins mentioned earlier on the show not a lot of people like me. So you basically could have had anybody that Rollins had in the past come out and punch him.
2: Oh, we can't forget Roman reigns's fire line about when he said, Did John Cena write that promo for you with all those excuses? Oh, all people that. went wow for that.
1: I love that. I love that. I love when Sralis said to him, what are you going to say next? Believe that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, They're getting after each other.
1: They have such history that it makes... I have enjoyed their back and forth. Very natural chemistry. Yeah. It's a little unfair for Brock and... Bobby Lashley because he feels so one-sided. I was kind of glad that they did a video package this week instead of having them interact again because I want to believe that Bobby Lashley has a chance, but Brock right now is so <laughs> up here that no, is that somebody in your waiting room knocking on your door? No, no.
2: Something. My light just uh, fell down. Oh, okay.
1: So, just no, making sure.
2: They're on the couch. Okay, are <laughs> so waiting in the chat. Uh, they're on the couch, okay? That's all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> this waiting room thing is taking on a life of its own. A lot of people are... No, gentlemen we're never gonna <laughs> let it
1: go we're never gonna let it go i know but
2: people have been reaching out to me on twitter and i, and I love it i love it. That's it if i ever had a talking segment on wb it'd be the waiting room with alfred kennel <laughs> uh
0: so let's talk about rampage what a difference a live show makes tonight uh no spoilers Definitely. about how the matches are going to end. Yes. Definitely more
1: excited going into watching Rampage tonight than I've been in a long time.
0: What a difference tonight uh, with this show and opening up hot with John Moxley versus Ethan Page. Alfred, what did you think of this match?
2: I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I thought they might have given too much to Ethan Page. I was surprised with how much offense he got because he took a lot of this match and the crowd was really into Moxley. Uh, so I-, I thought Moxley looked good. He obviously leaned down and in the ring physically. I thought he looked just fine. Uh, I was just worried knowing that he's coming back from this very serious issue. And then he was scheduled for GCW, which they do not play around in GCW, especially as their champion. And you know, it was probably going to be a death match. Uh, but seeing what I saw tonight, I was encouraged. I thought John Moxley looked good. I thought Ethan Page looked really good. I think he's very underrated. And this is a good opener.
1: Yeah, I love the match. I love seeing Moxley come out and the intensity is still there. Like, it doesn't seem like he's missed a beat. I did think the match went on maybe a little too long, but I did understand why they gave Ethan Page maybe a little bit more offense. They're trying to build him and Scorpio Sky up. You're fighting a guy that supposedly hasn't been around for three months, so you don't expect Max to just come in and squash him. And I had a feeling this match was going to go the distance because I was expecting the last two matches to be squashes or close to a squash match. So I figured the opener was going to go on long. But I mean, as good as the match was, and it was so much fun, what we need to talk about was the stare down after the match because I utterly scream when Brian really? was waiting for Mox. Yes, I want to see it. I want to see it. Give it to me right now. I'm ready.
0: It <laughs> <laughs> was a great return for Mox. I think with Brian, it's going
2: to be amazing. When's the last time these guys faced each other? Years ago in WWE. In fact, I don't even know if they... Oh, they did. Because when The Shield was feuding with Team Hell No, I think they had a couple of matches, actually. Wow.
1: I yeah. sent yeah. out a tweet, which was picking up Steam, which was a picture of Brian teamed up with the Usos against The Shield. And I was like, it's incredible that all of these guys are in storylines with each other right now. On different <laughs> companies, different atmosphere. But all six guys are feuding with each other somewhat. I thought it was it's a small world.
2: It's a great tweet
0: yeah this was a really good match A uh, really really strong start to the show and i love that it wasn't i mean look we knew mox was gonna win but it was just so nice watching something fresh yeah this was followed by nick jackson versus trent beretta and so we had matt jackson and brandon cutler ringside with nick orange cassidy with trent um Nisa, how is this faction feud holding up for you
1: it's not. I feel like these guys have been all fighting each other in a different version of their faction for, I don't know, what seems like months now. And yeah. I mean, because their factions are so big, they keep figuring out new ways to make it a one-on-one or a 15-on-15 or or mixed tag, or whatever, but it is still the same people in the same feuds, and I'm, I'm a little bit over it. It was a lot of fun in the ring, and and they tend to do that. It's just distracting, because there's always so many people, and so many distractions from the outside when they're fighting each other, but it was it was a fun match.
0: Yeah, this is the most WWE-style feud in AEW right now. Alfred, what did you think of this?
2: yeah yeah i'm with isa and that this feud has really captured me it very much feels like a holdover i think there's a lot of talented components to this feud that are kind of being wasted just having to go back and forth and what's really hurt is that the best friends have been dominated and that was even brought up in a promo by rocky romero this past wednesday so i had a feeling that trent was going to win i will say i love the hell out of this match and i don't think i've seen a match that was so sparked by near falls in how, mm. like, at the very last second. Some fans were even booing because they thought he was late, but he was not. Nick Jackson had one of the best near falls you'll ever see where he had, like, two and maybe seven, eight, 7.9 out of eight he kicked out. And then Trent had another near fall right after that that really got these people into it, I felt, toward the end. So I think the finishing sequence was really good, which elevated the match.
0: But, yeah, the, the best friends faction, like, needs to uh... – there just needs to be more consistency in this, uh, specifically when like Orange Cassidy has been involved because ultimately
2: this is leading to Orange Cassidy versus Adam Cole, right? Yeah, and well, they're gonna have a lights out match, and I think Orange Cassidy might win that one. Because now they're t- starting to tell the story of the best friends coming back. That lights out match quote yeah. unquote won't count. That's how they were able to beat Britt Baker, and she still, you know, became a bigger star than Theta Rosa. But I, I do think that uh, they're going to have a lights out stipulation where it doesn't count against Adam Cole's record, so we can still say he's undefeated. But I think Orange Cassidy wins that match. Well, and um, undefeated Florida in
1: singles, gets- like he keeps losing every time he's in a. Yeah. You know what I mean. <laughs>
0: And Beretta getting the pin tonight was good. So, I mean, maybe that's the thing. Maybe it's it's like you said, Alfred. Maybe it's the comeback. Yeah. You know? I don't know. I just um, – I don't think they're going to
2: have Orange Cassidy beat Adam Cole. If Cole wins that match, they got to just move on. I want something different. If Cole wins, it's over. You guys tried. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. But we got to move on if Cole wins this match.
1: Yeah. Agreed. I, I just want – I don't know. I want Adam Cole to do more. It feels like he's the one that's cooled down the most out of like the big names that they added onto the roster since All Out.
0: Well, do you think though, now granted, if we look back at uh, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash and the idea, if you bring people in and they're teaming together, you know, and you want to have this faction of people that came from one promotion over in another promotion and kind of do, you know, whatever pseudo- I don't even know if it's an invasion at this point, like more like an interception on AEW's part, but it just just seems weird to me. I feel like Adam Cole has been held back from really being a single star. I feel like he barely had singles momentum in NXT before he left.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, he's champion for a year on NXT. I I mean, but are you saying that the few months. I'm saying, but he was feuding with Kyle O'Reilly right before he left. What I'm saying is like,
0: he's not getting. Uh, enough unique storylines. And like, he's around... Let me put it this way. He's surrounded by the same guys.
2: Is what I mean Right,
1: right. I mean, we're seeing him wrestle every week. And obviously, you know, that that he's getting TV time. We're seeing different versions of the match. I just would like a different storyline for him because he's just been involved with the same people for so long.
0: Yeah. And here he is. It's like... It's like you transferred schools, and some of your friends transferred schools, and you're like, I don't need to make new friends. I'm just going to hang out with, you know, the kids I know from camp and uh, the friends from my old school. Yeah, nothing wrong with that,
2: What you're comfortable with. Mix it up, Cole. Eat lunch at a different table. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Maybe they're just biding their time until Roderick Strong comes to AEW. Oh, good Lord.
1: Uh, He was backstage today with LA Knight.
2: Oh, wait. uh, Smackdown
0: yeah smackdown Mm
1: -hmm. yeah they're probably gonna do a dark match or main event i don't know uh
0: i mean but it's also it speaks to the uh embarrassment of riches that AEW has that like adam cole is um and the least successful of their recent acquisitions, in my opinion, for just no, like I don't
1: know somewhere. No, right yeah, I there, wouldn't say.
0: That. No, 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 somewhere no, 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 there, no.
1: Andrade is, is cursing you out in Spanish. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm
0: thinking, thinking <laughs> part of me. I'm thinking of of the wave specifically. And this is what again. by let me be very clear before my someone's you're gonna message me on LinkedIn and take disagreement. With this. <laughs> I'm saying of CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, and Adam Cole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, of that class coming over cm punk granted he was he was uh all shucks phil for a little too long but now he's course corrected
1: of course he's over there like freaking squashing sean spears come on
0: daniel bryan is choosing to have like these very diverse and interesting matches and with adam cole i just feel like he's constantly in segments with
2: his friends and girlfriend yeah yeah it's a high bar if we're going to say who's That's the worst I in this year. Because I do think that all three have been successes in terms of how they've translated. You know, when it comes to wrestling and heat and being hot, like once upon a time, Heyman Adam Page felt like the hottest guy in the company. And that went on for about six months before the pandemic. And then when he came back and was going for the title, he felt like the hottest guy in the company. Since he's won, does not feel very Brown Breaker-ish. Where, since Brown Breaker won... Feels like an afterthought, kind of, in that they book him these little backstage segments. Don't really have an opponent for him who's hot right now. The same thing's happening with Hangman Adam Page right now. So it just kind of goes in cycles. Right. Yeah. So
0: you heard it there. Send those messages to This Is Nasty at Twitter. Adam Cole is the brawn, or uh, Hangman Adam Page is the brawn breaker of yes. yes. Oh, no. I said
2: that. Quote me on that. Oh, no. <laughs> DMs are wide open, man. I always want the smoke. When I have time for it, I always want the smoke.
0: <laughs> now to the let it play out crowd who's in the chat and saying Cole is having fun, he's ranked number one. Okay, so Cole versus Hangman Adam Page. Yeah. He's he's ranked
1: you. number one because they reset the ratings. So he's like two and oh. Like let's not get carried away with the ranking that's like two weeks old.
0: <laughs> it's like it's like it's January second and you're in an argument with your significant other and you're like, hey, I haven't been wrong all year, you know? <laughs>
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> listen, I just wasn't um, when Miro first came before he became God's champion, wasn't he feuding with feuding with the best friends?
2: Yes, they were doing the video games. So. so
1: so maybe it's the
2: best friends. That's the
1: issue, because I hated Miro during that. And as soon as he moved yeah. on from the best friends, it was epic. Just saying. Just finding the similarities here, okay?
0: Orange Cassidy (laughs) is the star of the Best Friends, and he's not even a best friend. Um, And until the Best Friends start having sleepovers and building pillow forts, I'm just not buying it.
1: And you know what? While we're questioning everything there is to question, why are they having bitch Break in Cleveland, Ohio in January? Riddle me that.
2: It's a... (laughs) That's a good question. It is in Cleveland, huh? Because usually yes. it's like Miami. Don't they have that Miami? In oh, that January.
1: First of all, there's not a beach in Cleveland, Ohio. But if you were going to suspend your disbelief, it's the middle of the winter. Good.
0: And I'm reminded of a line from uh, the real Roxanne. You know, Did you meet him at the beach? Hells no. In the middle of the winter when it's 20 below. They should, that's what they should do. They should challenge uh-huh. the fight and be like, I'll see you at the beach, buddy. You know, and then they,
2: like, they have beach blasts like right after winter is coming. It's like, well, which one is it? You can't have the beach and the winter. Yes.
0: Uh, Karojos just just putting Raj Giri's daughters through college tonight yes. with these super chats. <laughs> CM Punk to dethrone Adam Page.
2: This is gonna. This podcast is going to be named after him pretty soon here. <laughs> <can> like. <laughs> Okay, so C- F- to F- Detroit. F- here's what I think is going to happen with Adam. I'm sorry. Here's what I think is going to happen with Adam Page. I think Adam Page is going to be next in line for uh, – did I say Adam Cole is going to be next in line for Hangman Adam Page. I don't think it's going to be CM Punk at that pay-per-view. I think Adam Cole is going to be the guy, but he's not going to beat him because I think that's a good way to set up the Young Bucks and the elite going against, you know, Adam Cole in the Undisputed Era is that the Young Bucks somehow cost him the title – and then Adam Page kind of goes with mm. the Young Bucks, and then they start that story.
0: It's Justin is saying they're going to have Winters Coming in Miami, just a course correct.
1: Yeah, there you go. So, what, Alfred, what you're saying is that we need to let it play
0: out.
2: <laughs> yeah, let's yeah, just it, <laughs> Give it time, everybody. It'll, it'll just play All out. All
1: right, got it, got it.
0: <laughs> Hook versus Serpentico. They sent not, Hook. Not a long match.
2: Nobody does more with less in this entire business. Nobody does more with less. What do you do with Hook? What they're doing? What don't, they don't you do with it. Hook? Yeah, exactly. They're this guy. They've got everything right. How quick his matches are, yeah. the ambiance, the hair, the music is mainstream and dope. Action Bronson is awesome. And like this, everything about this is working. But where do you hook.
1: go? hook is goals.
0: Yeah. Where do you
1: go? Is. To the moon.
2: <laughs> exactly.
0: You go for the TNT title? No, you... Actually, if
1: you're a hook, you go to the strip club and make sure somebody tapes you there. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> that helps him. If anything, the fact that that it came does. out legitimately was not going to hurt his mystique and gimmick. Of course, Hook is up no, in the club.
1: It's, it's going to make him more badass. I, I love that. Listen, okay, I don't think he should challenge for a title yet, in my opinion,
2: right? No, they should take their time. with This is Goldberg, you know, very similar to Goldberg. Goldberg didn't immediately win that U.S. title. By the time it was time for him to win, I remember me and my friends were clamoring for it for a couple of weeks, and that's when they gave it to you, when you started to really get him on his horse. I don't think that they should rush this. They should take their time before he even has, like, a real feud, let alone a TNT championship. Yeah, I agree. And one week he needs to
0: enter to the Blues Traveler song hook, just once. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Spend what is that the tagline you do with Hook? That this is how you know that he's getting the handsome devil. What is it? Babyface handsome devil? Cold hearted handsome devil. That's what they said over and over and over and over again. They want you to know that Cook Hook is a cold hearted, handsome devil, right out of the WWE playbook. But listen, he's a top guy.
1: Yeah. I just I just get happy when they send Hook.
2: Yeah.
0: Taroyos saying Hook will cause jealousy for Team Taz. Beat every person on Team
2: Taz. Oh, wow. You can see it. Him and his dad. Yeah. Splitting away. He doesn't appear in those segments anymore now. They don't want to overexpose him, which I think is very shrewd to them. But now he's just looks too good for Team Taz. He's like Michael Jackson in Bad. Remember the first 15 minutes of Bad with Wesley Snipes where he goes back home and he corrects him on the tortoise shells and they start fighting? That's what (laughs) Hook is. Hook is Michael Jackson in Bad.
1: That's an excellent comparison.
2: (laughs) <laughs> Wait, then who's Wesley Snipes oh um Will Hobbs is definitely Wesley Snipes 100% and then Hook is mean? who's the third guy, the third guy was shouldn't
1: he favorite. need to be on TV in order to
2: play oh, this <laughs> uh, Will Hobbs is Wesley Snipes so it was two years he disappeared and went to jail that's what he is. <laughs> <For> tax <laughs> evasion
1: tax, tax evader <laughs> Wesley Snipes <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, I wait, know so how every scenario... time we hit
1: the, the hour, 20 minutes, everything you just...
0: <laughs> <laughs> So, so wait, in this scenario, Hook is the one going
2: to, to the sissy school, forgetting
0: who his friends are? That's yeah, yeah. No, because yeah. like,
2: yeah, because he's not appearing with Team Taz anymore and they're going to be mad. And he's now successful. You know, he's moved ahead of them. That's what the tension was in that Michael Jackson bad, video, which I to this day think it should have been nominated for an Oscar. Some kind of short form really? Emmy or uh, whatever you want to give it a nomination for it. Because that is incredible. See, I think Off the Wall
0: is probably my favorite Michael Jackson album. Oh, I love that. Love that. Take. Yeah. I mean, Thriller, you can't just cultural phenomenon. You can't sure. deny right. that. I feel like Bad, Bad has perhaps my favorite Michael Jackson song, not written by Which him. Which one but, is uh, it? Uh, Man in the Mirror.
1: Oh, oh great right. song. Yes.
0: I've left instructions that, that for my wife have said, okay, so you play this at my funeral and you say, Glenn just wanted everyone to take a moment and reflect on what they can do to change themselves. So we must now all <laughs> close our eyes and bob our heads along with the music, like we're feeling it. And they're gonna listen to Man in the Mirror. And, and I want everyone to start clapping at the end. You <laughs> know, like along in time with it. It's gonna be a moment. I love it. And I want to send people away
2: feeling inspired from my memorial service.
1: That's amazing, Glenn. I'm
2: glad we got this recorded so that way right now, you know, when we submit his final wishes, like, hey man, you he said it to us in the podcast. That's how you know it's yeah. real. Right I'm a big dangerous guy. Yeah, really? right talk dangerous. yeah, dangerous huge dangerous guy. Dangerous. Michael Jackson and Teddy Riley, I thought was a match made in heaven that new jack swing with Michael Jackson. I love Dangerous. I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's top three Michael Jackson album for me is dangerous. Maybe top two. Remember the time is like
0: that song. And black and white too, but remember the time specifically. Did you hear the mashup somebody did with uh Remember the Time and then Phil Collins in the Air Tonight? And they're taking the the I remember and the do you remember and they're like mixing them up. It's pretty badass. Yeah, check yeah. that out.
2: It's very well done. I love this. Uh, my mom's favorite song, Liberian girl. Nobody gave yeah. the Liberian girls love until Michael Jackson. Nobody sang about my Liberian girls, and he had Liberian girls. Shout out to Liberia.
0: Ah, uh, Caroyos uh, Buck ninety nine saying hook can can he can 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 he can he can 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 with Dante Martin win the
2: tag titles with the um. I want to I see think, Top Flight return. Dante and Darius are going to be really fun. I think Hook should be
1: on his own. He's his own entity. Yes, just, I
2: agree.
1: I just think he's larger than life. He don't need anybody by him, you know? He's Hook.
0: So, this was a short match where Hook beat Serpentico. Who of course was Serpentico? It was. I'm not familiar with Serpentico. And, uh,
1: oh, he's um, from San Juan, Puerto Rico. There you go, great guy. Know, he has, Bet yeah, you he, he plays. Was really, yeah. plays great dominoes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh, Hook quick victory via submission, and then uh, QT Marshall's out with the microphone. He calls Hook a delinquent. <laughs> <laughs> and there's suplexed him. Well, why is task- he a
1: delinquent?
0: Well, he's skipping school
2: to to wrestle in AEW. He does kind of look like a kid. I think that's very funny because QT Marshall's oh, on the, the older side flag. and him calling him delinquent. It's a perfect insult to come from QT Marshall to Hook. I thought that was perfect. True. So, um, oh, let's talk about
0: Jade Cargill cutting this promo and Anna Jay calling her Anna Banana. <laughs> <laughs> this was very good.
1: Yeah, the, that bitch slayer. I thought that was a good line for Anna Jay. I, clever. I, I was like, no way you're going to slay her, but okay. Good mm. good for you for coming up with that.
0: Yeah. Well, and the, Anna J. saying she's a dark side. She's in the dark order. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and then uh, the funniest part about that, and talking about not knowing about the dark order, Chris Jericho, I think it was, he, he goes, oh, she's wearing purple, because she loves the color purple. And it's like, no, no, because mm-hmm. she's in the dark order and they all wear purple, Chris. Where have you been, buddy? <laughs> loves the color purple. And she loves the color purple.
0: <laughs> My middle brother—I won't say his name. Uh, one time we were talking, and I said, made a reference to something, and I said, "You know, like in the color purple." And he was like, "You know, I'm a big Prince fan, but I've never actually seen that."
2: <laughs> Jesus, it's way off. <laughs>
0: way? Off. Could you imagine? You're going into English class and you're thinking like, I'm not going to read the book. I'm going to see the movie. And I'm doing my report on the color purple. And instead, you watched purple rain (laughs) and got up and told that story. (laughs) I need to write something for a sitcom or perhaps a feature film just to include that scenario. Yes. Just one episode. And preferably it should be that they have to, Come dressed as their favorite character from the piece of work and he shows up dressed as Prince. Okay. That would be epic. That would be epic. (laughs) So she loves the color purple. Big Oprah fan.
2: Big Oprah fan.
0: Till you do right by me.
2: (laughs) Powerful movie. You know, I never actually saw it. Really? unbelievable I saw it. I was too young to really appreciate yeah. it i still liked it kind of when i was young but it was it's you know when you go back and see it as adults it's really good for sure. I think
0: during the 80s there were kind of the movies that were for grown-ups and I remember I would go and see them but I just didn't get it, man. Like I saw Yentl yeah. when I was a kid and I'm like I don't I don't get this. She wants to be a rabbi so she's dressing as a boy. Okay, sure, it makes sense. Um but uh yeah, I mean there's a lot of those films that just sort of like you're not emotionally intellectually equipped to really appreciate. Like I saw The yeah. Last Emperor in theaters. That's like 3 hours long about the last emperor of China
2: and uh yeah like uh, the new batman is gonna be th- i'm gonna be there night one that new batman is gonna be three hours long it's like three two hours. hours 47 minutes
1: no 55 minutes i thought i saw oh, wow. two hours 55 minutes yeah i'm here for longest it. Here batman for it. i got time i got time for
0: that yeah like me a long superhero movie uh so anna j loves the color purple yep. um <laughs> i love chris jericho do you think he just completely, like, I mean, Jericho is a pop, pop, pop culture nerd, like. Yeah.
2: It might yeah. have been a rant, but I don't think, I think he was just, <laughs> I just don't think he was familiar with the whole gimmick of the tuck corner. Which. That too. <laughs> uh, I feel
0: like Jericho I- chimes in, like, always has to have something to say, didn't always do the research. Right. Right.
1: Yes. Right. That's either the case or he's screaming. <laughs> He'll chime in with something that makes no sense or he's literally screaming.
0: Yes. He he's always at 10. Like Bobcat Goldthwaite <laughs> in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought
1: I thought this match was really good for what I was expecting from these two. I know that doesn't sound too good, but <laughs> I would be lying if I said I was like a little worried when they announced that they were gonna wrestle this match. I thought they I thought they did well. For you know, non- very experienced women in the ring i i enjoy the match
2: yeah Me i thought it was both of their best match i think yeah. you know as much as i think jade cargill's talented uh i i like her in short dominant matches regardless oh. of where she gets skill level as because i do think as an elite athlete she's gonna get to the point where she's an incredible wrestler in terms of You know, the in ring product, it's just going to take some time. But even when she does, she should be in these short matches. She should be dominating people. I thought she should have just dominated Anna Jay. Having said that, you know, given the relative inexperience of both women, they killed it. And it was amazing. I thought it was a very good match, especially toward the end where they really kind of. Anna Jay to toward when the end where came- it's like, oh, what
1: are we yeah. doing here? When they came back from that final commercial break, they put a couple of really good sequence between the two of them. Yeah. I thought Anna Jay for one second had it. It was very, very good. I still prefer Jay to be squashing people. There was one point where she just stood in front of Jack Silver. She just towered over him. And it's just like, why is somebody like that having long matches? This woman yeah. should be out there just murdering these women in like a minute or two. That's just my preference because of the way that she looks. Looks. but outside of that I really really enjoyed this match and um you know shout out to both women because they yeah. surpassed all expectations in my opinion
0: this was good and I think that it made absolute sense um with uh Jade getting that win and yeah. retaining the TBS championship via Pimfall and Jade Cargill 25 and zero do you think do you Love think they had? do you think they had the 24 and one ra- graphic ready to go In case you (laughs) lost.
2: I'm glad we didn't get to see it, but I love that they're doing the streak. They're doing the number. This is kind of Tony Khan trolling Eric Bischoff because Bischoff's not a fan of the comparison between Jay Cargill and Goldberg. So it's like, oh yeah? Well, then I'm just going to do the streak. We're going to make an even bigger comparison. So next week, she's going to come out bald. You know, they're just doing the the comparison. No, stop. (laughs) But Which I is funny
1: it. because I just said how they reset the rankings, but not for not for Jade, as you shouldn't, because she's undefeated. But I, I like the idea of making this a big deal because when when it happens, when it comes, it's going to feel like a big deal because we're yes. all aware that she's undefeated and 25 and 0 now.
0: Yes.
2: Yeah. All the geniuses out there. The question is not is Jade Cargill ready. It's is AEW ready. Are they not gonna F this up? You On the same show, the match before, you took an inexperienced hook and made him look like the biggest star by hiding his weaknesses, short matches. Is AEW ready for Jade Cargill? That's what we're going to find out. If she fails, it's a colossal ineptitude and failure of AEW, not Jade Cargill. Is AEW That's ready right. for Jade Cargill? Let's find out.
0: Yeah. It, it was a very good match. It was a very good show. And it's amazing how it being live, the audience even, the audience. Yes. Because we're they're not breaking.
1: exhausted from watching Dark and then Dynamite yeah. and then having to stay for the Rampage taping. It made a big difference in the audience energy. They were in a bigger city, too. That always helps. But everything about this show felt different. I really wish that if, if Rampage doesn't function for them at a negative cost, they, they would do it live more often.
0: Yeah. I agree. I cared about this Rampage so much more. Nothing yeah. was spoiled. I mean, I per- had a pretty good idea who was winning most of the matches. Um, but still,
2: this was this was a very, very good episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Reminded me of the first Rampage. Uh, energy, oh, the kind of energy, the drive energy, the good matches on this show. I really like this episode of And
1: easy to digest. It went by fast. It was easy to digest, which is what I used to love about Rampage, which there was a couple of episodes there that felt like they were dragging. Not tonight. That was a fun one.
0: When you compared it to the stupid ending of smackdown and like the lower points of smackdown and like this was nice i kind of like the uh the uh momentum ending the yeah
1: yeah me too a little sad though because royal rumble being my favorite premium live event of the year (laughs) this should be like the fun episode these are the last two episodes before we go into the rumble you just expect to see more but they don't they don't they don't care about go home shows don't even mean anything anymore. I know this wasn't a go home, but I just remember buildups to the rumble used to be so much fun. You're starting to feel the WrestleMania air, you know, it's coming, but it doesn't feel that way. But I will say I have no clue who's winning the rumble, apparently Knoxville, but, and that makes it exciting. I think both men's and women's, I don't know who's winning it. And that makes it exciting because it's kind of like uncertain. It also makes it terrifying actually. <laughs>
2: yeah yeah no it really does it, that's that's the appeal is that they're leaving it wide open <laughs> they're pushing one guy to win this you thing stop. And, uh... you
1: stop alfred you stop i cannot wait for the segment where everybody pushes each other over the top rope on monday
2: one week from saturday whether i'm advertised or not if johnny knoxville wins this World rumble you will see me on this podcast
1: Listen, I'm going to be at the rumble. I will freaking video call you
0: from there. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, I'll be on the podcast with Isa on the phone. <laughs> You're getting are to get two for the price of one. There you go. <laughs> well, there you have
0: it, everyone. I feel like tonight we've grown as people. We've shared stories. We've discussed <laughs> ideas. <laughs> it's, it's been an eventful podcast. And I thank you all for coming along this journey with us. Yeah. It has been, it has been magical. <laughs> with that in mind, everyone have a great weekend. Issa is at NYC Demon Diva, that's Diva with a one. Alfred's at This Is Nasty. I'm Matt Glenn Rubenstein. And we will catch you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care, everyone.